creative journey It's easy to get lost But don't worry, you'll lift off Sometimes you just need a creative pep talk Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. There are few Pandora's boxes for the creative like that question. What do you want? What are your goals? I feel like Ryan Gosling asking Rachel McAdams, what do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? Like, that's how I feel when I'm asking myself, what are your goals? That's, that's from the notebook. Um, I don't know if I <laughs> mentioned that. Your imagination and your insecurities just start running wild if you're anything like me. When you start thinking, what do I want? What are my goals? Because all of a sudden you're distracted by the 35 of your childhood dreams that you've achieved 0.3% of and your the idea of like opening up yourself to wanting anything ever again just feels like opening yourself up to another heartbreak. Dang you, Ryan Gosling. But maybe there's a way to approach this question in the opposite way. Rather than asking yourself what you want, maybe you could ask the opposite and find some insight that might actually give you some firmer, more actionable results that could open up a brighter, more inspiring, creative future for you, even if it's just a little bit brighter. In this episode, we're going to do just that. But first, a little word from our sponsors. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site, It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, andyjpizza.com if you want to see what I did with it. 
if you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This is episode one of our Creative Pathfinder series. This is a three-part series about how to know what to make today to unlock the opportunities that you're perfect for tomorrow. Essentially, what personal work can I make before anybody asks me to that will help me get the professional work that I'm after? This series is designed to help you in your creative path. How do you, how do you find your creative path? AKA, how do you make some of the most difficult choices as a creator that there are to make? AKA, what should I make? Which path should I take next? And how do I actually get there where I'm trying to go? This series is a new adaptation of our Creative Career Path Framework. You can get a free copy of our Creative Career Path e-handbook by signing up to our newsletter at creativepeptalk.com path. And you can work through that as we go through these three episodes in the next following weeks. The three episodes in this series are a lot like three acts in a story. Act one, the creative call to adventure, a.k.a. defining what you want. This is kind of the goal-setting section of the series. Act two, the creative journey, a.k.a. living your creative montage by building your own personal project. This is where you get busy, and the people watching or fast-forwarding, they don't want to see all the messy middle, okay? But that's the part where it really gets juicy and where you really have to uh, do your best work. This is where you do the work of making the project that helps you move towards what you want. This is the making section of your path. Act three, the final act, is slaying your creative dragon, a.k.a. going for the work that you want, head on, armed with the creative work that you did in act two. This is the marketing section of your creative journey. Are you ready for it? Let's go. Chapter one, say yes to the call. The first step to getting what you want in your creative practice is actually knowing what you want. Not only is this very tricky for most creators that I know, myself included, because, you know, we have so many interests and so many passions and so many creative ideas of where the future could go and it's just all very hard to make any choices on. We're better at coming up with the choices than we are picking the choices. That's just what it's like to have that kind of creative divergent mind. But it's also just a very vulnerable place to put yourself, like allowing yourself to want something opens up the potential for not getting it, the potential for breaking your own heart by allowing yourself to even want anything at all. 
And, and that makes sense. Like, just think about it. Any hero that gets called to adventure is often reluctant to go after it and initially usually refuses the call. That's where there's a whole section about refusing the call in story structure in the hero's journey. Because if you allow yourself to really go for something, you are risking not getting it. And it often just feels safer to stay home and not try at all. You know, there's this idea of like non-attachment to the goals, but there's a difference between, you know, never even playing the game and just taking your ball and going home and never wanting to win and just learning how to enjoy the game. You know what I mean? And, and it, part of enjoying the game is really going for it, trying to win. And if you lose, you're like, hey, I still had a good time playing and trying and, and, and fighting for the thing. I think that attachment to we have to win or I'm not playing at all, that's where you go wrong. But it's actually great to want something and go after something with all of your heart and spirit and creativity. But if you are feeling apathetic and stuck and you can't, uh, you, you can't really blame anybody if you're not willing to go out there and give it a shot. You know, if you're just stuck exactly where you are right now, but you're not really doing anything about it, you can't blame anybody else if you're not willing to try. So how do you try? How do you go after something new? How do you open up your heart again and risk that heartbreak? The three steps to unlocking the work you're perfect for, the opportunities you really want, in my opinion, they mirror most stories that you've ever been told. So step one, as in act one of a story, is where the hero, a.k.a. you, there's a lot of a.k.a.s in this episode, I'm realizing, um, you need to determine what you want. Harry Potter wants to defeat Voldemort. Moana wants to restore the heart of Tefiti. Luke Skywalker wants to bring balance to the Force. To be a hero, to achieve something great, to have a life that is worth sinking your teeth into and getting excited for and get out of bed for, you got to know what the heck am I doing here? What do I want? And you got to have crystal clarity that focuses that momentum because every time there's a lull, you can't be like, well, is it that I was, I can't even remember why I cared in the first place. You ever feel like that? And I didn't invent this. Comparative myth scholar Joseph Campbell, uh, who popularized the hero's journey story structure, he didn't invent this either. And he'd be the first to admit it. He found that pattern in storytelling, this pattern of a character that wants something in every single culture in the world that he studied. In every story that we told, there is a character that wants something. And it's not because it goes back to this one ancient storyteller, like a, the first person who predated Aesop, who really just cracked the code on uh, what's a juicy story. No, nobody invented this framework. This is how our brains work. We started telling stories like that because our brains were like, yes, that's exactly how I get motivated. That's exactly what's interesting and makes me lean into life. We didn't invent story. Story was within us with all of its parts. And I'm convinced it's more that over time, we just discovered this pattern within our own minds. And in that way, story is the code of how our brains work and the fuel that keeps them going. And so if you're stuck 
and and you're apathetic and you're not interested and you're struggling to get out of bed, it may be that you don't have a clear desire. And I'm not the first to say this. Joseph Campbell, Dr. Gene Houston, Nancy Duarte, Donald Miller. Donald Miller just wrote a whole book about this very topic called Hero on a Mission. That's a really great way to frame this. And there's Countless writers and thinkers and storytellers of all kinds have said this long before I could. There's a whole uh, series of journals called the Hero's Journal, and it's all about framing your life as an epic journey. And it's because, not because we get motivated by stories, but stories were motivated by us. They came from us. And so what is unique about this podcast series versus all of those other places you could go find is how to apply that motivating power to your creative practice in a very practical way that you won't find in any of those places. And it will give you the ability to strategically unlock the opportunities that you're after and unlock your own motivation. So if you're feeling aimless and unmotivated, story would say it's because you don't know what you want. You don't know what you're after. You don't know why am I getting out of bed. You're like an actor in the story being like, what's my motivation? I just don't know why am I doing any of this stuff? Why am I trying to pay my bills? Why am I trying to feed myself and stay on this planet? I need a motivation. I need to know what am I here doing in this season of my life, in this act of my story. If story is the pattern of our brain, it says we don't pay attention or perk up until we know there's a character who wants something. That's how we know a new story has begun. Maybe you need a new story. Maybe you need to want something new again. When you know what you want, you will start a new story. You'll lean into life and you'll have a clear image of what you're after. That's when things get interesting. The adventure starts when we find that call to adventure and go after this fresh new desire. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to define what your next creative call to adventure is going to be. Let's do it. This is how you actually figure out, or at least some ideas on how to narrow down what you're going to go after and what you're going to focus on next. Chapter two, but I gotta, n- 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 know what's, what's your obs, obs, obstacle? <laughs> God, ludicrous. Uh, once asked in one of his biggest hits, I think it was his breakout tune. I was a big fan of this song uh, called Fantasy. And he asked, what's your fantasy? <laughs> I think it's fantasy. I don't know. Something something like that. But it's hard to know what your fantasy is. What, what is your, what do you actually really want? Ludicrous. I don't know, man. What is it? It's hard to know. So let's instead flip it. So Let's make it your ob, ob, obstacle. What's your obstacle? That's actually much easier to define. I feel like we're, we're good at being like, what, what's in the way of what I want? I actually know that. But that might actually be a trick that you can play on yourself to figure out what you actually want. What's stopping you from doing your best creative work or living your best creative life right now? This is the obstacle in your story. 
if you can name it, you may be one step closer to naming what you want creatively. Before we go any further, let's just pause for a second and just write down just whatever comes to mind uh, or just keep in your head the first obstacle that comes to mind that's blocking what you want creatively or what's blocking you from doing your best work creatively. Connor, maybe we could just make some little waiting music. You can re- you can replace that. That doesn't have to be the waiting music. What obstacle? What's stopping you from from doing your best creative work? What's in the way right now? What's your ob obs obstacle? You got it? You got something? Just whatever. The first thing that comes to mind can be just anything. All right. If you're like me, the question of what do you want immediately leads to overwhelm and overthinking. What do I want? Wow. Out of everything in the universe? Okay. Well, when I was five, I wanted to invent rocket shoes. When I was 13, I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. But of course, in college, I wanted to make hip hop music. And lately I've been really into fantasy RPG video games. So maybe something in that world. But what do I want right now? Hmm. How about some Baconator fries? That sounds tasty. All right. That's enough of that. It can get extremely chaotic super quick when you open that door up, especially for a creator who is you know, poised to come up with options, uh, it gets very creative and very chaotic when you ask, what do you want? So let's go a completely different direction. Let's try the opposite. What is the obstacle that is most in the way of what you want? Seems to me from my own experience and from the the brain science people that I've listened to and podcasts and read books from, uh, that we have this weird thing about the human brain where Without any effort, we are able to focus and conjure up the negative stuff in our brains. I think it's because we're wired more for surviving than we are thriving because we are we developed in a time that was very hostile. We, you know, in terms of the environment and in terms of like getting thrown out of our tribe and, you know, there, there was just so much that could go wrong that our brains really, it seems to me, developed to focus on and be clear about what are the obstacles, what are the dangers, what are the negative things that I need to be very aware of before they are aware of me. And so it's easier to know what am I ungrateful for right now? What am I against before I have any idea of what what I'm for? I've mentioned a few times on this show that one of my favorite ideas of this nature is Austin Kleon. He talks about in his latest book, Keep Going. He tells the story of a band, a punk band that cannot make up their minds on what should they be influenced by. So instead, they come up with a list of what they definitely do not want to be. 
and they just become the opposite of that. It's actually way easier of a path. Now, a lot of people stop before the creative part. They just stop with what sucks before they ever try to embody the opposite. But if you're dedicated to really figuring out what you want, knowing what's in the way of what you want might be a really good roadmap to how to get there. So maybe you can find what you want by starting with the thing that's stopping you from getting it and then using that as a clue of what you're most interested in attaining. This, tr- this, this too is the trick that I have pulled from storytelling. Rarely does a story start with a character on a journey just because they're just that adventurous. Again, back to the brain science, we're just like brained we're brained. We're, we are brained out. You know what I mean? Like we are absolutely empty on the brain category. So much so we start saying like, man, I'm brained. Uh, you ever feel brained all the time because we, it takes a lot of freaking energy to pump that electric pulse in your brain and make thoughts real. <laughs> so I get brained all the time. <laughs> But what I'm saying is it's hard to go on adventure and we're trying to survive and we're trying not to spend all those calories. And so rarely are we like, yeah, let's go to an adventure. What do you want? I don't know. Let's figure it out. No, we're we're not thinking of that. We're like, can we take a nap? Like, please. No, most characters and most people just aren't that heroic. Like we like our comfort zones. Most characters are what's called the reluctant hero, meaning They didn't choose the adventure. The adventure chose them. Like, think about Luke Skywalker. Obi-Wan Kenobi's like, hey, you ready? Let's do it. Let's save the universe, man. You've got what it takes. And he's like, nah, I'm cool. And he goes home and he sees that he doesn't have a home to return to. That his aunt and uncle have been murdered and he's probably next. So without any other real choice, he reluctantly agrees to say yes to the call and take that obstacle head on. So instead of asking yourself, what's my fantasy art career (laughs) that opens the door uh, to your vast, unwieldy, highly imaginative creative mind, instead of asking you that question, maybe ask yourself instead, Use what Gary Keller and Jay Papasan recommend in their book, The One Thing, and ask yourself, what is the one obstacle, what is the one domino that I need to focus on knocking over next? That if I knock over this obstacle, it will knock over other obstacles. Or in plain terms, what's the one thing I could do that by doing so, We'll make all the other things, everything else that I want to achieve, either achieved by default or easier to achieve now that I've done this thing, now that I've overcome this obstacle. So here are three examples of things that have blocked me from getting what I want back from the very start of my creative practice to where I'm at now. So number one, the first one was just time. I didn't have enough time to make the creative work I wanted. I didn't have enough time to spend making just as much as I wanted to make. Like I just never felt like I had enough time. And that was the thing that was blocking me. And so I realized like I need money because right now all of my time is locked up in being on the job, putting my energy to that so that I can pay my bills. But if I had work that got paid 
more money for the time spent than I would have more time to spend on the creative endeavors that I was most interested in and felt most equipped to do. And so I thought I'm going to focus on advertising illustration because those jobs paid more money for less time and it would free up my time so that I could do the creative work I wanted to do. The second thing that ended up becoming a roadblock for me was my location. I was living in a a small town in the Midwest and I just felt like I never had the network. I never built relationships with people that were doing the work that I wanted to be a part of or connect with. And so I realized to get over that obstacle, what I want is to go to conferences And I can use the money that I save by being in a smaller town in the Midwest to travel and go make those connections and meet those people. And so in that that same way, that obstacle told me what I wanted. And the third one, uh, a little bit further down the road, was credibility. At some point, I realized I was more capable for the opportunities than I wanted, that, that I wanted, than I looked like I was capable for. So I needed to focus on how do I level up my credentials so that I can show that I am as capable as I feel like I am? How can I hit those benchmarks that just clearly communicate that I am as as good as I need to be or better for the opportunities that I know that I'm perfect for? And so I had to, um, because I didn't have the credibility, I knew that That obstacle told me I need to want, I need to go after, I need to desire achieving some of these benchmarks of success that help communicate to others, I am really good at this thing. So for now, just ask yourself without knowing how you're going to solve it, like let yourself open yourself up to the vulnerability of that and say, what obstacle is in the way? Just start there. Chapter three, call to adventure, the CTA, find people that have solved this and learn from them. Okay, so you've named your obstacle. That was the first part. You've reverse engineered how it tells you what you want. That's the second part. The third part and the quick action you can do right this second today You can actually get this done. It's time for your call to action, a quick thing you can do right now. This is your creative call to adventure. Okay, now, now that you have and you know that the obstacle is the path to finding what you want, it's time to ask yourself, how did others actually get this thing? In my early experience, like I said, I could see that the obstacle was time. I needed more money for my time so that I had more bandwidth. So I had more time to do the kind of creative work that I love to do just because I wanted to do it. And also because it was the kind of work that would take me where I ultimately wanted to go next. And that told me that I needed to work in a field doing work that gets higher amounts of money for less time. And I determined that ultimately out of all of the things that I had done or had heard about in the kind of illustration world that I was working in, that work was work for brands and for advertising. 
That was the work that took the least amount of time for the most amount of money. And so I knew that that was the obstacle that time versus money was the obstacle and that it told me that I needed to go after. What I wanted was advertising illustration. Then comes the pesky problem of actually figuring out how do I go after this thing? How do I achieve it? I remember standing there thinking, this is what I need to do. I have no idea how to actually get more of this kind of work. And so in the part two of this series, we're going to dive deep into how to make this actually happen. But before we get there, this is going to prep you. So once you know what you're after, ask yourself, who are three or four artists who have actually accomplished this thing that I'm after better than anyone else? And I say better than anyone else. Part of what I mean by better is that they did it more on purpose or they were able to repeat their success better than those in their field. So you're not looking for the lottery winners. You know, if you're in the kids book world, I I think about this, like who are the people that have made a career out of being a kids book creator on purpose over time uh, with strategy and good practices, not the person who just blew up overnight because they were in the right place at the right time or they got lucky. Those people you can't really learn from, but who are the people that have made this thing work over time and been able to repeat their success over and over? Write those three or four people down. Just by naming these people, you're going to start seeing a pattern in how they accomplished what they accomplished. They probably all did some of the same sorts of things. So for now, all I want you to do, your creative call to adventure is to name three or four people who have done the thing that you want to do probably a handful of times. In the Creative Career Path Handbook that you can download for free right now, there's a section in the market chapter where you can fill in these four people, these four heroes onto what look like basketball cards. For that to make any sense, you actually have to go read and, and look at the ebook, which you can get by signing up to the newsletter at creativepeptalk.com slash path, P-A-T-H. But you can just list them out as well. Once you've listed these out, ask yourself, what industry are these people a part of? What market are they within? And how are you different to those people? This will allow you to build your target of what you're after so you know exactly with crystal clarity where you're trying to go next. And it's just the next domino. It doesn't have to be your life's work. It's just the next thing that you need to achieve in your creative industry. I'm just telling you, I feel the pull of like, do I really want this? Do I not? I don't know. Like I have just domino by domino improved my place in the creative world one step at a time. And all along the way, there were mishaps. There were, there were things like, oh, I got this thing. I didn't really want it. Or I achieved that. And it didn't give me what I thought it was going to. There's all these different, you know, uh, starts and stops, but I am in so much better of a place by just knocking over each domino as I went. And so here's how you do that. You're going to get this outer circle of the industry. You look at these people 
that have achieved the thing you want to do. What industry are they in? For me, it's illustration. Uh, it might be the music industry. It might be the film industry. It is the big, huge industry that people that make the kind of work that you make are a part of. And then in that middle circle, this qualifies or specifies the type of uh, work within that industry that you want to do that's going to help you achieve and overcome that obstacle. So for me, it was within the illustration industry. At that time, it was the advertising market. That was the middle circle in that bullseye, in that target of what I was going for and what I wanted. Within that circle, there's one more circle. The bullseye is your niche. How are you different to the heroes? What is your unique selling point. This is where you're aiming. So you look at those four people you list and you say, what's just different about my type of work? And it doesn't have to be anything crazy, innovative things that nobody's ever done. Like the, the thing you're really selling is the value of your market. It's the thing that you can do consistently well. That's the real thing. Just having a unique selling point just gives you a reason to exist. And it might be the combination of a few different qualities. You can just write a couple adjectives or three adjectives about what makes my advertising illustration different. So my niche in comparison to, to those other market players at the time was I was focusing on these weird characters that had this very particular expression and vibe. And I was illustrating the invisible through psychedelic patterns and shapes. That was my niche. So name your obstacle, let it teach you what domino to knock over next, learn from those who have already overcome this obstacle in the past, and then in the next episode, we're going to talk about how to build a project or a body of work that will help you scale that obstacle like the heavily armed fortress that markets usually are. Uh, but if you want to dig deeper right now, go get the Creative Career Handbook for free. It used to cost, uh, the ebook used to be five bucks, but we're just for, at least for a little while, going to be uh, giving it away free if you go sign up to the newsletter at creativepeptalk.com slash path, P-A-T-H. All right, so hopefully these ideas helped you get a little bit clearer on what you are after. Uh, but I wanted to add one little thing. So in my experience, anytime you conspire to take a creative action, when you're trying to actually go for something, you're going to be met with what Stephen Pressfield calls the resistance. resistance. This, you know, as soon as you say, I want that, things are going to start getting in your way. And one of the biggest things that is going to get in your way is you. Because you're going to have all the reasons why you shouldn't even try. And one of the reasons is because you're not going to be 100% sure if this is the thing that you really want, that you should go after. What if you go after the wrong thing? The good news is that I know whether it is the wrong thing or not. It is. <laughs> it's going to be the wrong thing. And when that voice is like, is that, I mean, come on, do you really want this? Say, you know what? No, I don't. But 
I'm going to take some action because as you go out there after the thing that you want, you are going to get what you need. That's how it works. You know, on this show, a few times we talked about with uh, story structure in a few different ways. And one of the examples, one of my favorite examples uh, is the first Toy Story movie. Now, in the first Toy Story movie, Woody, what does he want? He wants to be Andy's favorite toy, right? That's what he wants. And what's the obstacle in the way? Buzz Lightyear, because he's his new favorite toy. And so Woody does whatever it takes. He goes after, how do I become the favorite toy? How do I get rid of Buzz? And it's through the action of trying to get what he wants that eventually he gets what he needs because why does he want to be Andy's favorite toy? It's because he wants a friend. And Buzz is actually his friend. And it's by engaging in that obstacle that he actually gets what he needs. And I really think the same is true in your creative practice. If you just sit back waiting till you're 100% clear that you know what you want, you're going to be waiting for a long, long time because you're never really going to know. That's the whole idea of the story. You probably heard like stories have to have conflict. They have to have tension. And that's why you need the obstacle. But I actually think that's true. I actually feel like the obstacle, the tension comes, like if you're watching in the audience, from the fact that you know as the observer that the hero wants the wrong thing. They always want the wrong thing. They always want something that isn't going to meet the need that they're truly after, and that's why we feel that tension. You know, we're not rooting for Woody to become number one. We're rooting for Woody to realize, to learn from that obstacle that what he actually needs is a friend. And the same goes for you. If you will go after this thing, I can almost guarantee that it is the wrong thing, but that in the process of creating the work, of working towards that goal, that you will find throughout that journey the thing that you actually need. And if you will listen to that comfort and you will convince yourself that it is the wrong thing, but that you will find the right thing as you move forward, then that voice that's telling you that you're probably not even onto something, uh, that you're probably going after the wrong thing, will lose its power and you will get domino by domino one step closer to not just what you want, but hopefully what you need. Yo, don't forget to go get your ebook. There is, uh, it's a, it's a little tiny handbook. Doesn't take much time to read at all, but it, it was edited down and rewritten and rewritten to make it as concise and short and poignant as possible. For the past few years, we've been selling it uh, in our shop, but for at least a little while, at least while we're doing this series. You can go get it at creativepeptalk.com slash path, P-A-T-H, and sign up to the newsletter and you will get a copy of that ebook for free for the first time ever. Um, we're giving that away. Okay, 
Massive thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Huge thanks to Connor Jones of Pending Beautiful for editing this podcast. And massive shout out to Ryan Appleton, Katie Chandler, and Sophie Miller for assistance on all things Creative Pep Talk podcast. And uh, until we speak again, do whatever it takes to stay pepped up. Peace.